this is a D&D class where if you roll above a 10, then you summon a monkey. And if you roll below a 10, you summon a peanut butter cup. Butterscotch shenanigans. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 62 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm the webs programmer. I'm Sam, and I don't program things, but I make art. I'm Carol, and I send a whole lot of emails! <laughs> and today is August 30th, 2016. It? it is. Yeah, the last 15 days of August, I don't know where they went. It and also, blur. we have warning, anything can happen on this show, there's going to be profanity, so if you don't like hearing bad words... Get out of here. Yeah, because we don't have any good words. Nope. nope. Just pure badness. Baditude. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, you, you had the warning. You had mom- you had moments <laughs> to get out. So don't hold it against us. Uh, we're going to PAX this week, yeah. buddy. Let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is PAX? Carol, so Carol's spearheading the charge of death. <laughs> into packs mm-hmm. with just the spear we're just driving it straight into the expo mm-hmm. and we're just gonna punch it into the heart punch it in the heart of our table yeah <laughs> it'll be a little anticlimactic at that point yeah it's not good. gonna really bleed so much as there might be splinters. a couple of splinters very dangerous splinters. now have we checked oh, with the TSA that we're gonna be able to get our spear to packs well, and it's also our blood table and our it's, blood table yeah well the blood table is provided by the expo okay perfect mm-hmm. Um, they they gave us the option between a standard table and a blood table. A table we that did bleeds opt, when you stab it. We did <laughs> opt for the one with a soul. Yeah, yeah. the the one yeah. that oh, is we, have, we have to upgrade. We have the sen- the sentient table. Yeah, well, yeah. there's there's oh, wow. the the people in the Pax Ten. Um, they get the table that has feelings, <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah. so it so has we, a family and children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when uh, when it gets stabbed by your spear, it, you're gonna you really it. you feel it. It's sad. Well, yeah. you don't as much as it does. But it depends on your level of empathy for other living things. Yeah. yeah. You're asked to occasionally wipe it down with a Lysol wipe because otherwise it might die a horrible, horrible death of some sort of plague. Yeah. Mm. And also you have to just clean its tears. Yeah. Because it's just crying the whole time. <laughs> it's a very wet table. I got touched by a furry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the PAX is the Penny Arcade Expo. <laughs> It's in Seattle. Uh, It is going to be from the 2nd to the 5th. It's four days long. And we were an official selection for the PAX 10, which is a curated group of games that the people behind PAX have decided these are the best games this year. And we're going to show them off. They're right. Pretty much 100% correct. Nailed it. The other other PAX 10 folks have been awesome. We've been reaching out to them to include them as Easter eggs in our demos. Because we have a press demo for... Crashlands creator stuff mm-hmm. and then we have a public facing demo just to show people the game and we're wanting to kind of get get a, get the other PAX 10 folks involved and get our dev buddies in there get our dev buddies in there so that we can give some kind nods to the other folks who will be dev buddies dev buddies <laughs> take a look at our game <laughs> Yeah, when you join the Dev Buddies team, you get, a, you get to have a theme song. It's pretty mm-hmm. it's pretty good. Yeah. You get a spandex suit that if you get hit, it shoots, it shoots sparks. sparks. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you also, but it is annoying because you constantly get assaulted by just an army of really dumb minions that you have to punch a lot. But, you know, what do you get? Were they called putties? I think they're called What about Power Rangers, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> In case anyone's not getting all the references. 
They were putties, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. and you gotta you gotta kick them in the chest sternum or something. Yeah, and then they, and then then they, they just explode. Yeah, way too long. Which <laughs> I gotta say, if you're gonna have an army of minions, don't put a bomb on their chest. That if you kick them, they explode. Yep. I feel you know? like that happens in a lot of bad sci-fi where there's yeah. always, I mean, there, there's a Doctor Who race where there's just a, a thing on the back of their neck. They're like war lord things. I don't even remember what they're called. Oh, yeah. Gonna, the potato looking The potato folks. dudes. <laughs> and you just like, you just like slap them on the back of their neck and they Yeah, fall over. because they have like a, they wear like a, a space suit thing mm-hmm. and there's a little valve on the back. Mm-hmm. So instead of an Achilles heel, they have a potato's neck. Potato <laughs> neck. <laughs> they have this weak point. The yeah. potato's neck. You shove their or the putty's f- sternum. Yeah. yeah. Achilles heel. Yeah. It's <laughs> good. We'll start using those interchangeably. It's yeah. going to get weird. The putty neck. Potato wait, neck. no. Putty <laughs> chest. Putty chest. The putty chest. Yeah. Potato, potato neck. neck. Okay, wait. Is it the case, though, that putties are actually just bombs that have been brought to life? Ooh. And so, so it's really doing... the only thing that could possibly happen. And the Power Rangers don't even know it, but they're actually enacting the evil plan by exploding all the putties in yeah. highly populated areas. Yeah. I know you guys are thinking about the origin of putties, but I'm just switching out the like a thesaurus, the idea of a weakness for a potato neck. <laughs> thinking about like a New potato York. Potato neck just sounds like a like a really rough insult. I just want to think <laughs> I just want to think like <laughs> New York's got eyes on it. The New York Times running a piece and they're like, the real potato neck of the financial market. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh man, yeah. uh, we gotta we gotta make this a thing. Can we make this a thing? Let's sure. let's potato neck it. Right, potato we're putting this it. we're putting this out of the universe. Now it's up to hashtag it's up to our listeners. Don't be potato necky about doing it though. Yeah, wait, <laughs> is that a thing? That's <laughs> weak. Achilles right? like, Healy. Achilles Achilles Healy. Achilles Healy. He's wearing yeah. He wears the <gasps> little Healy's. You know, with wait. the wheels. Yeah, that's so appropriate. <laughs> Achilles wheelies. Instead of the wings, <laughs> instead of the wings, he has. No, wait, that's Hermes. Achilles have wings. That's Hermes. Wait, there's a harm. Uh, there's Hermes, Mercury, but Hermes, Hermes wheelies. Hermes could wear Heelys. Hermes Heelys would be good too. Hermes he also, Heelys. if he was, if it was a helicopter based thing, it could be Hermes Heli Heelys. <laughs> Or Helio Heelys, because there was a lot of Heliopolis stuff going on back then. Hey now. guys, I have some news. <laughs> what's your What's your point, Seth? We're trying to We're trying to say really. We're weird starting stuff. a new business over here of making catchphrases. Potatoes. Shoe. <laughs> shoe business. Hashtag oh, potato shoe business. Neck. Hashtag potato neck. We rely on our on our listeners to spread this kind of information. So without them, we are nothing. You Tell can say about, that, that they're our potato neck. Yeah, that's true. Tell us about the you know the greatest. Hashtag potato neck that you see in the industries around you. Yeah. Maybe games industry. And also, we have controller support now available <laughs> for Crashlands. That was an excellent segue. Yeah. That was yeah. Really Our segues, you could say, are our potato neck. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, controller support alpha. Congratulations for finally getting For that getting almost finished. It's. B Scotch ID is not hooked up to it yet, so you can't, you know, do all the fancy. But how close stuff. is it? It's about halfway now. So that sounds decent. Yeah, close. but the cool thing is we're gonna have uh, controller support for Crashlands coming to Android pretty soon. So once we get it all hooked up to everything, then it's considered in beta, and then we're gonna branch it out into all the different platforms and start getting some some feedback on it. So uh, that is, we have some info on the blog. 
Yes. In a blog post in the weekly update. Yeah, we had our, our last weekly update was number five or six? Five. Uh, we talked about the controller support uh, process. So you uh, go into your Steam and follow those directions and you can get access. Yeah. Woo. And we've had, we've had reports from players that it is very buttery and smooth and awesome. It is. So it's very good. That's directly from the horse's mouth on that one. The potato neck. Now, Carol. <laughs> yeah. Tell us a story. I got a story. (laughs) Uh, For those of you who don't know, I am a card game designer and own a a handful of copies of my own game. And I had them, uh, it's called Pass the Buck, a game of corporate responsibility management, by the way. So I had them all up on Amazon. I was about to say you can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Amazon. Oh, you still can? Uh, You still can. You still can, but just way fewer copies. So uh, I, I had originally used Amazon as my warehousing thing and decided that that was a terrible idea because I was selling really technically zero copies in comparison to well, how many be I technical have. about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so I decided to recall like 700 copies of the game. No big deal. Uh, but I don't have a place to send them except for my house. So I got 700 copies of my card game sent to my house. That's like 300 pounds of card games. How much volume of card games? It's not that much. Like it fits in my coat closet, oh, but cool. it's, it's hmm. still very heavy and That's very, good. uh, Anxiety inducing. So uh, I got the I got the word that I was getting a freight shipment uh, last weekend and they were like, we're going to bring it by on Monday. And I'm like, I have a job. They're like, oh, it's OK. We'll just bring it, you know, on Monday. So I like, <laughs> no, no problem. <laughs> Don't care. I had to leave work early, as you guys know. And so I get home and I'm like having this anxiety panic attack because there's going to be this giant semi truck dropping off a huge freight delivery at my apartment. And I don't really actually know how big it's going to be. I know that it's five huge boxes. But anyway, so I'm like panicking and looking out the window every time I hear a bus go by. I'm like, I haven't been this nervous about school buses since I was 10 years old. <laughs> I'm just like. Is there a story there? No, just, okay. you know, elementary school. <laughs> just horrible bus just things. Just horrible bus things. And so at like. Hashtag just they told me that they were going to be there between three and six. And so from three o'clock, I'm like nervously staring out my window. I can't pay attention to anything else. And finally, I hear a truck go past and I look out the window and I see, and it's just a construction truck that says the words, big boys steal erection. And I felt, <laughs> I felt like I just got rickrolled. Like and so moment. I sat there for another 45 minutes just feeling bad about myself until finally the biggest semi-truck that I'd ever seen in my life comes pulling up my street. And so I go outside to meet it because clearly that's it. And it can't, I, I live on a one-way street with cars parked on both sides. Yeah, I don't know it can how barely got in navigate. There. No, I had no idea. He could like, he was hitting trees and like there were branches falling. It was, and I was dragging like, power lines behind yeah, it. Yeah, basically. He's like, ah, oh, there's no big deal I do this all the time (laughs) and so I get I get back there and he does like the whole lifts up the back of the truck and you know there's the the crazy elevator thing and he gets his big pallet mover out and he goes and gets my stuff and it's literally like five one foot by one foot boxes (laughs) (laughs) taped to a giant skid and I was just like this is this is it like they couldn't just FedEx me this (laughs) So it was on a pallet though, like they brought it. It was on a pallet. And so he like scooted it up my driveway. Unfortunately, my neighbor came home right (laughs) when that was happening. And so he helped me bring this stuff up to my apartment. But it was like each each box was like 30, 40 pounds, maybe. Right. And we just carried them up the stairs and I just put them in my coat closet. I was like, I had anxiety for four days. 
over these well, dumb boxes. You, did you just think that it was just going to be just like these massive? I did. Yeah. I, I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to lift them. I was afraid that the truck wasn't going to be able to make it into the street, which, you know, honestly, he barely did. But it was just, it was so much, <laughs> so much work over something that I feel like Amazon could have easily FedExed or UPS or whatever and just had out of the way, not had to deal with scheduling. It was just Did the driver hilarious. seem disoriented by this fact or was it just a matter of course for him it was yeah like, yeah i deliver he's half, probably seen some weird i stuff. deliver six inch by six inch boxes boxes with my semi truck all the time he was jovial about it he was just like what's what's in these it's like card games he's like what okay <laughs> but yeah that's my that's my freight story are you glad it's over i'm feeling- glad well it's not over yet that was only one of the freight shipments <laughs> When? Oh, they're going to do it again. There's another one coming, yeah. When does that come? I don't know. So they, like, they even anxiety! broke it up across two shipments? What? Yeah. Well, because there were three different <laughs> fulfillment centers that had my games. Uh, and so when I so ordered each the recall. One, each one dispatches what? a semi? What, what? <laughs> one was of there just... anything else in the semi besides your little Nope, box? it was just little, just little boxes <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> it was largely empty because I was at the end of the run. Or he, because that was the only thing set. It was, the only it was a special set. trip. Yeah. Yeah. Pe- yeah. Turns out people just don't recall their stuff, you know? So yeah. you're the only person. And this is why shipping through Amazon is so expensive. No, I'm just kidding. This doesn't it's make basically any sense. Yeah. <laughs> How does this business model work? It's because they have infinite robots in their warehouses. Ah. To compensate for the fact that they use a semi truck to deliver a single package. Just wait until we get those driverless semis. Then you have a semi pulling up to give you like a Hallmark card from your grandma. It's just a robot. It's like iRobot. But but it'll just like, instead of opening on the back, it'll just open up on the side and there'll be just a little pneumatic piss and it'll just like kick your package out onto the curb and then drive away. That'd be awesome. That's what it would sound like. That's what it'll sound like. (laughs) All right, let's get to some, uh, (laughs) let's get to some questions. Okay. Did we talk about everything? Yeah, we got. I mean, we got a pretty light news week because we are all really disoriented about the fact that we're about to leave for five days for PAX. So I don't even remember what happened. I don't know. Did we talk about all the PAX related things we need to talk about? I think we have a meetup, right? Oh yeah, we have a meetup. It's finally on Facebook. So we're on Thursday night after we get set up at the convention center. We're going to the Starbucks roastery from eight to ten or whatever. It's and pronounced woastery. Woastery. <laughs> we're going to the Starbucks <laughs> woastery <laughs> with our friend Homestall, yes. uh, and we're gonna just be hanging out there, drinking coffee, chatting about the week. And we want any of our friends and fans and players who are, pardon me. <laughs> In Seattle. <laughs> Choke a little bit. <laughs> I just got so emotional <laughs> that I just got I I just to see everybody. choked on my own spit. <laughs> <laughs> any, any of our friends and fans who are in Seattle, we want them to come, come meet visit. us. And we can hang out and give you pins. And, and roast coffee together. Roast coffee together. And otherwise, if you are going to PAX, we will have more pins and things. Yeah. Buttons, come, pins. Just come to the booth, play some Crashlands. Butt pins. You can, mm-hmm. you can pin, right? Any pin butt. is a butt pin if you try hard enough. And Andy has crafted a touch, <laughs> a touch screen arcade cabinet. What what do we want to call it? It's a wedge. It's a wedge. <laughs> it's a touch wedge arcade screen. Yeah. Yeah. So we we Whoa. touch we, wedge. We put Andy <laughs> to the task of sort of escalating our booth game. Uh, by making some kind of cool apparatus that we could mount our tablets in or our, you know, our screens in for people to play our games. And so we started with making uh, traditionally shaped arcade cabinets 
but it turned out that that doesn't work really for a touch screen. It doesn't work well from a player standpoint. It looks it looks it looks dope as awesome. fuck, <laughs> but but it doesn't work for a for a player to actually sit there and rest their hands on, and also the angle can be really weird. So yeah, because of like a vertical touch screen floating in front of you, a foot off the table. Yeah, you want to yeah. hold your arms up? Come on. Yeah, nobody's Ooh, that kind of stamina <laughs> <laughs> for five minutes. No way. So we ended up with just a simple, simplified design of just just a wedge. But uh, we spray painted in the black, and I got some some uh, camo camouflage black paint from How does that? Depot. Wait, what? what is that? Is that the what idea, that is? That's what that is. The idea is that it's it's supposed to be used for camo patterns and stuff, and so it's so matte that it just absorbs. It absorbs. Does it absorb radar? Probably does. I mean, it looks like it. You does, probably frankly. couldn't detect these wedges on radar. Yeah. Yeah. I'm str- so if I'm you want it right now, <laughs> so if you want to come stroke our wedges, come on over to come over to our booth. Uh, it's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I got all the back stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, let's get to some questions. Okay. So questions come from podcast.basecotch.net. You can go there and ask them. Also, you can vote on them there. You can use it. <laughs> you can, you can vote on them, but we don't care about that. Yeah, we yeah. We, we ignore we the want. votes, but feel free to vote anyway. So first Your question vote doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Just like in real life. <laughs> I was going to say it, but decided not but, to. Yeah, you got to get out and vote in November. Come on, guys. Come on. Democracy Your in action. Your vote matters. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First question comes from Adamus or Adamus or Adamus, who asks, in episode 39, I think, you talked about Crashlands players having walked to the moon and back six times. This is true. So this would have been, what, 25 episodes ago? A couple weeks? Or a couple, how many months? Basically half a year. About six months ago, yeah. And now you're walking to the moon and back. Okay, that's great. Is that that a song that you just Savage Garden. Now you're flying to the moon and back if you'll be. I only listen to to Salvage Garden. Salvage. Yeah, they're better. Oh. (laughs) I'm just going to not sing anymore. It was great singing, though. Okay, uh, question is, but he said they hadn't reached Mars yet. Have we reached Mars? So Adam had pulled up some statistics on this to see exactly how far Crashlands players have walked and mm-hmm. if we've gotten to Mars yet. How the many answer, Mars did we get? The answer is we haven't gotten there, but we've gotten one sixth, sixth of the way there. Sixth. I was kind of expecting that we were only going to be maybe like one percent. Yeah, yeah, because really Mars far, is really far away. So players have walked nine million kilometers. And Mars <laughs> at its at its closest point. If we're assuming that we're being intelligent about this, you know and trying to hit Mars when it's closest to us, then Mars is 54 million kilometers away. Wait. So players have walked 9 billion meters in Crashlands. Yeah. That's a fuckload of meters. Yeah, (laughs) there's a lot of meters. They have also died 5 point, what was it? 5.6 million times, I believe. But this is just Beast Country ID people. This This is important to players. This is just people we're tracking stats on. Yeah. Yeah. So congratulations. You have died more times than there are people in 30 United States states. Yeah, so if we took all those dead fluxes and piled them up in a pile, it would be and a pretty good-sized state. And let the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and gave them Senate seats and stuff like that. We could build a nation of corpses. Yeah, we, we are. <laughs> we kind of are. That's so dark. <laughs> <laughs> this is political. Too. Yeah, if you... <laughs> I guess the interesting thing is if you if by if when you got to the end of Crashlands, we popped up a screen like we do in Flop Rocket, where it counts how many hero deaths there were. If we did it for the community, I mean, even if you're doing what one every second or more than that, four every second or something, it's five point six million deaths. You'd be sitting there for a good long while. <laughs> it increments, yeah, it increments by what I guess sixty per second. Sure, so it would take yeah, it'd take a while to get up to five million. Yeah. Hmm. What about bombs? 
We have some stat here about bombs. Oh, there were a bunch of them. <laughs> I have here we, we that people Still have, political. The people have <laughs> thrown fourteen point six million bombs in Crashlands. Yeah, we were trying to figure what out if that mean? was a nuclear bomb or not, but it turns out that bomb math is a little hard. It's it's iffy. It's Most of them use TNT as the base because yeah. TNT is roughly one megajoule. That's what I learned in Wikipedia this morning. About Which isn't minutes. that helpful because you just used one. Incomprehensible unit and replaced it with another. What's a megajoule, and how do I get one? And put what it can on you a ring? blow up with a megajoule? I think that's the metric that needs like that needs to be used. Because you know, people say, "Oh, like you could take the energy in this thing and boil an Olympic-sized swimming pool." Right, right. Like that's it's still an incomprehensible thing. But why you, would you boil a pool? Why would you boil that's that? Silly. That's yeah. maybe to disinfect it, or, or to make but, <laughs> to make a stew, a swimmer stew. Swim stew. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. There's we been lots of explosions. Let's say we could blow up a lot of pumpkins. Yeah. Yeah. With that. Easily 14 million pumpkins. Easily 14 million pumpkins. <laughs> we can blow them up real good. That's got to yep. be worth something. Yep. Yeah. At the end of the day. All right. Next question comes from Frog Ninja, who asks, what's your favorite fantasy race? I'm going to append the Y, of course. Uh, his is the orc. But that begs a lot of questions. Wait, what, what, why, what why did you append? The letter Y or the word Y? The word Y. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite fantasy racy? <laughs> <laughs> It's real racy. <laughs> it's, it's real racy up in here. So what do you guys got? What's your favorite fantasy race? Uh, you need to clarify a lot of stuff, right? Yeah, so just saying or, orc. If, if we're talking like Lord of the Rings, a Lord of the Rings orc is very different from like a, a Warcraft orc or a mm-hmm. Warhammer orc, right? Because Warhammer orcs are made of mushrooms. Those are my favorite ones. And they don't. They, they have no gender, and they're made of mushrooms, and they just kill everything. They're made of mushrooms? They're yeah, fungus. They're a fungus. They're a fungus. What? They have spores, and that's how they make more. <laughs> but their spores only come out when they're in, like, bloodlust from fighting From things. murdering things. It sounds a little bit like you're making this all up. No. no. <laughs> it's true. I mean, somebody else made it up, I guess, but... Yeah, because then in, in J.R.R. Token Universe, orcs are just kind of like... Made of dirt. Yeah, and they're just kind of like mindless monsters that get controlled by the so, thing. So why do you get to call them both orcs? That's if like one question. is mushrooms well, and one is Well, to be dirt. fair, in the Warhammer universe, it's ORK. Mm, yeah, right? that differentiation. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so in Lord can, of the Rings, so it's totally the Orkai in Lord of the Rings. Urukai. Urukai. Okay. Not to be confused mm. with orcas, which are real which predators, are whales. alpha predators in the ocean and they eat some of the most adorable animals in the entire ocean yep. seals yeah mm-hmm. just in just in mass like 30 a day <laughs> the blue planet was the most depressing film i've ever seen in my life <laughs> <laughs> was it the one where they showed them throwing a seal off an ice chunk they're like yeah they're they're hardcore attacking those poor baby seals yeah the seals like i get up on this big chunk of ice and he's feeling all safe and then the orcas look at him like they pop out and they're like we got we're coming we're coming back <laughs> and then they you, push a huge wave mm-hmm. that knocks the baby seal off of the ice chunk and just eat it and they eat it They're how are you supposed to fight something like that <laughs> like what are you gonna do like, that's exactly you don't it's like fighting unless a you're human. a person yeah in which case you turn them into oil <laughs> that's, that's how we fight that's how we fight nature actually it's true we just turn it all into oil we turn it on to oil and then we burn it make phones out of it instead. and poison the air <laughs> This is a new orca phone. Hmm. All right. So anyway, fantasy race. Yeah. What you got? Yeah. I don't know. Probably like the mermaid or something cheesy like that because I want to. I want to be able to swim underwater infinitely. Are you talking are you- like sirens though? Because they <gasps> usually yes. are freaky and like murder everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, they wouldn't be the pretty ones. I was gonna say, uh, what kind of mermaid? Because a mermaid is half human, half fish. That's about the, the fish ex- on the front, human on the back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, there's, there's Wait, also like the, the dorsal. You mean like vertebrate back yeah. or bottom half? Both. Yeah. 
right. Because Dimitri Martin talks about the vertimade, which is a you're vertically a split. So mm. your right half is a fish and your left half is a human. Yeah. As long as I could breathe underwater, like that's that's the the species that I project myself onto. Mm. Yeah. But then you'd have to fight orcas. Yeah. I would murder them. <laughs> I would protect the seals Turn with all of be, my You'd be being. kind of like the the Batman of the sea. Yeah. And you just go around and punch orcas yeah. wearing a cape and stuff. And use high tech gadgets. Yeah, and like, talk like you've been smoking for 40 years. <laughs> Underwater <laughs> Professor Gadget. Professor Gadget. Inspector Gadget. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God, is this something I don't know? This <laughs> is going to be like a running joke. I make the stupidest comments every week. I pledge the fourth. I pledge the allegiance to the fourth amendment. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so I, I'm a fan of the, the Warcraft goblins. I think they've got mm. some. Good, oh, they're good. Yeah, they got some good sass. Uh, they're and I think that like lore wise, they're super dumb, and they got put to work in these mines by like much bigger races, and uh, they were exposed to this certain like magic mineral deep in in the earth that made them super smart. And so, but they have to keep consuming it and be around it all the time in order to continue Maintain. to be smart. Yeah, interesting. But they gained they gained a lot of intellect, but they didn't gain any other kinds of smarts. So they blow themselves up just constantly, and they have no concept of risk aversion and stuff. <laughs> and then they just hoard money all the time, which is fantastic. That's pretty good. Yeah, they got I, they're saucy. <laughs> but you, I think mine would be the artificial intelligence, uh, I guess beings, whatever robots in the culture series by Ian. Ian M. Banks, however you say the guy's name. Just started reading that. Yeah, his the the AI that he, that he has. So they're basically they're effectively all powerful gods, basically in this in this universe that he's made. Um, they just kind of like people because people originally created them, you know, long ago. And so they just so, keep them around for fun. Well, actually, so basically, for hu- humans live in a complete utopia, sort of managed by these these AIs, which themselves are now off just doing their own things, basically trying to turn the entire universe into part of their own society, right? Hmm. So they're like off doing having wars and doing all kinds of stuff, actually. While most of humans are just kind of like living and just having a good time. Um, Sounds sweet. Yeah, it's no, it's it's, but it's a How really cool, it's a really cool universe anyway. But these robots are awesome because he he sets it up so that they are just so smart, but also in ways that people can't even comprehend. That just like a piece of one of the one's minds would be like just talking to people, chatting about stuff while it's off, you know, running a war somewhere else and in any parallel processes. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he sets it up yeah. in its way that's really really fun and interesting. So don't they have that's weird my names? They got, yeah, well, they get to name themselves, and so it's one of the one of those private rocket. Millionaire guys who's making making Musk, Elon Musk, one of the two who named one of their rockets in the same way that actually after one of the uh, the culture shit. Is there an example? Like what do they? I'm trying to remember. Is it like they have weird phrases and stuff? Yeah, one of them is like read the read the manual or something like that. (laughs) Had to Google some, but they get to name themselves just kind of goofy stuff. So pretty pretty fun. Yeah, I've heard good things about this. I want to read this. It's uh, real good. Yeah. What do you got, Sam? I, I personally really like. I mean, just choosing from the usual set, you know, like the usual fantasy tropey set. Yeah, I wanted to avoid the usual set because kind of tires. It's all over the place, but I think that's it's true. That there's tons of variation within. Yeah, because when someone says an orc, they really mean one of many bajillion. It's kind of like our talk about vampires. What happens if vampire vampires werewolf? Zombies, yeah. We couldn't answer the question. Or yeah, vampire yeah. and zombie because we couldn't answer the question because it's like what? Which one are we talking about? What breed? And yeah. somebody what in one of the comments pointed out that in the I Am Legend book, zombies and vampires are basically the same thing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So there's all kinds of variation. Yeah. So I think just pulling from things that are that are known, uh, I liked. I really liked the uh, dwarves from the Dragon Age series. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So what's their thing? 
their their whole sh- it's, it's similar to, the, to um, goblins in a sense. So they can't use magic. So they're not connected to the Fade, which is the magic system world in the case of Dragon Age. They don't they don't dream, basically, is the idea. And they have a caste system, which is really intense and weird. But one of my favorite things about it was they had... Uh, I can't remember what they call them now, the death, the dead cast, where, so essentially, if you're like a noble and you've done something terrible, or if, if you're just a beggar or something and you want to sort of make something for yourselves, then they actually do a funeral rite for you, and you essentially become dead, and you join this dead cast that goes into the depths of the ground and sort of fights these orc-like creatures as a sort of last bastion for the dwarfs and the surface world, too. And so that was one of my favorite things about, like, their their society seemed the most fleshed out of all the ones that they had done uh, in that particular universe. I loved it a lot. It was really cool. Interesting. Yeah. I always played as a dwarf in those games, but I never actually learned anything about them. <laughs> <laughs> they're, all, they're, like, they're all about shaping stone and stuff. And yeah, I remember that. And I remember they can't be magic. Yeah. But that's all I, that's all I remembered. What a horrible life. Yeah. Yeah. No I wonder mermaids. what that would be like. They're no drunk most of the time. Yeah. So they don't notice. Maybe they drink instead of dreaming. That's the strategy. I guess. Yep. That's, that's how I spend my week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this is just a thing we need. We should just wrap up, I guess, to make sure no one thinks this is a thing. But Adamus asks, I saw Seth uh, had played Entropy. So if you don't know, if you look, if you're friends with us on Bscotch ID, um, any one of the devs, you might see us playing a game that doesn't actually exist yet. Uh, which is probably what happened here. So And maybe never. Maybe never. So, Seth, what's Entropy, and is it Codename Brunch? Uh, Entropy is not Codename Brunch. Entropy is a puzzle game that I made a last, long time last ago. Last summer, I think. Yeah. Or even two summers ago. It was, it was a while back. It was back. in May. Is that right? Um, it was one point while Sam was uh, Sam was trapped in the hospital and undergoing all kinds of horrible I think it's when I was fevering and basically dead for four days. Yeah. And uh, Adam and I were kind of like flailing around trying to concentrate on getting Crashland stuff done, but it was very difficult. Why? I don't understand why. And so so we're like. I mean, Carol had freight come the other day, and, you know, it's hard to focus when you got a semi truck barely on the street. Lots of big life traumas uh, that make it hard to focus. Definitely paralleled. Yeah, it's basically (laughs) the same. And so we we just kind of jammed out this little puzzle game while you were in the hospital and then we that's about it it's a it's sort of like a i want to say it has a a vibe of something like threes where you combine you know you combine like 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 numbers or like tiles to make a a new one um but with different movement mechanics so instead of like sliding the entire board around you move uh individual pieces and then random ones replace them and stuff um and it has multiplayer it does have multiplayer as an experiment, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's actually I I've put probably like fifty hours of gameplay into it because I find it to be a pretty satisfying mechanic. But uh, something about puzzles in general makes me not want to launch them as a, yeah. as a studio. I don't know. They seem so. I guess because they don't have a lot of. The I mean, other I mean stuff that like that kind of a puzzle, right? Where it's just like the whole point of the game is just like a sort of mini game puzzle thing. It feels like a very forgettable uh, kind of experience, you know. Philip, the coffee machine is screaming. Yeah. (laughs) But why, so why is that? I mean, a lot of studios release puzzle games that are similar to that. Why is it that you feel? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with those kinds of games. Um, But the way I see it is like those kinds of games fall into the the category of what people would think of as a time waster, where Mm -hmm. you're like, "I'm I'm sitting here for three minutes. 
Uh, I'm bored, and I'm just going to fire up this game to fill my time. Right? The filler game, as yeah. they call it. Yeah, and you're world. not really looking for um, like hearing a cool story or having anything like super memorable or interesting happen. Or it's getting just immersed kind of like, in an experience. Yeah, you just you just want something mindless to fill the time, and that's kind of what it is. And I don't know. I'm just I'm not really super down on the idea of putting that out there for some reason. Hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's fair. I think, uh, well, I think it, it always just comes down to what the goals are, right? Because if it is the case that you want to tell tell stories or have some goofy takeaway from stuff, would you, I mean, even Flop Rocket, which is a super, it's a frankly very simple game uh, yeah. as far as mechanically and stuff. Um, but it's got, it's got at least a little bit of a narrative piece in there that people can feel stuff. And then the ending scene when you actually get into space can be a very powerful moment for people. So I think that's the thing to me that, that I've never been attracted to puzzle games for is actually because they lack, they lack to me oftentimes that switch into like a powerful moment where something cool has happened. Which I think is why Portal, which is a puzzle game, mm-hmm. is so good because they actually build those in. But there's a question of how would you build, so in the case of threes or something like Entropy, how would you build in one of those moments where you have an understanding of something or there's yeah, well, a powerful, I like, you know? I like you must build a boat as an example of yeah. sort of attaching narrative to a sort of more like mobile puzzle style game. puzzle yeah. game. Yeah. Where, where you have, I love that game. yeah, you, you, it's a sliding puzzle and it's actually, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's, it's unremarkable in its puzzleness. Correct. It's very similar to a lot of things that are already out there if not identical to some of them, but they, they just bootstrap this kind of little dungeon crawler thing on the top. And then whatever things you match, your character will perform that action. And so you have to try to match specific things like swords and magic. Yeah. Instead of matching just anything. And then you also have, you know, the traditional RPG loops. So by doing all the stuff, you gain rewards and you can upgrade your weapons and stuff like that. So, you know, they did a pretty good job of, of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I would only want to put out a puzzle game if we could do that sort mm-hmm. of a thing where we make the puzzle part of a story. Yeah. You know? Or even part of something bigger. I mean, you look at games like uh, Battle Chef Brigade or The Witness. Yeah. And those, yeah, exactly. those have those same kinds of puzzle right? elements yep. integrated into a much larger gameplay experience. Yeah. Yeah. When, I, yeah. when I think about a game that's just the puzzle with nothing else and no narrative flair, no characters and, you know, nothing memorable other than just like sliding things around or whatever i don't know it just seems like uh it's a it i hate i hate to use a term but it just feels yeah it just feels forgettable you mm. know like it's not going to impact you personally right. in any way you're just going to do it what was it that you guys actually put bscotch id into that thing was it just to do the multiplayer we or? wanted to yeah because people could see us playing it whenever we play it right yeah, yeah. still we wanted to yeah we wanted to test out uh, asynchronous multiplayer ideas right so. yeah we got it working yeah well there's but there's no way to win so yeah. you, can, you, can, you can play <laughs> against each other, part. but games just go on and there's no way to actually, there's no win condition. Because we actually hadn't decided what the win condition would even so be. So it truly is an entropic experience. Yeah. Where things just trend toward. Things trend toward chaos. Meaninglessness. Forever. Yep. Ours is such a dark <laughs> Yeah, it's really powerful, guys. Such, such a dark episode. <laughs> All right, uh, next question comes from uh, Racing for the Finish. What if you woke up married to a pineapple? It's an ugly pineapple. But you love it. So I first of all ask the question, how you distinguish between a beautiful and an ugly pineapple? I'm, I'm more concerned about how you wake up knowing that you're married to it. Like, do you also have the marriage license next to you? Yeah, or like, what's the, is there a ring up, on it? It's like a, it's a Las Vegas scenario. Mm. Wake up, you got a ring. Pineapple's got a ring <laughs> on its... I don't even know how you get a ring on that. On its Maybe one neck. of its fronds. Yeah, one of its fronds got a ring. Mm-hmm. It's a nice it. ring, though. I mean, it's yeah. it's tasteful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, princess cut. You yeah, know, yeah. A couple of it's very nice. And uh, and then you got your marriage license sitting there, with <laughs> framed, framed. So now yeah, you're, you're cuddling with it. You've married a pineapple in Las Vegas. It is legal. 
It's it's 2020. Anything's legal. Anything's legal. I think <laughs> as they warned us. I, I think you'd have to really just uh, you know make the most of it because you know pineapple it's it's gonna it's got a short shelf life you know and you just have to you gotta be there for that pineapple. You gotta be there for it <laughs> in its last days, which are all of its days. But we're just trending so dark. <laughs> is it because of PAX? Is just, the impending? Everyone's just freaking out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just imagining a montage where you're like, you're on a roller coaster with the pineapple and you're hang gliding and you're like going on a cruise. And it starts, and then, you know, it starts looking a little more. And then like a leaf falls off and (gasps) then like a tear. You see the tear? (laughs) (laughs) You start, you knock on it and it's getting riper and riper as the days pass. And then uh, I guess you eat it eventually. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to try to move on, try to see if we can get into some lighter territory. Uh, So this is. Uh, from Angry Muffin, who asks, how many unique keyboards are planned for Codename Brunch? Mm. Which really just think about the next game, I guess. Yeah. Well, this is a joke about last week when we revealed that we had three separate unique keyboards already existing in Crashlands. But I, I'm happy to say that in Codename Brunch, there will only be one keyboard because we fixed that problem. Mm-hmm. So we don't, we're now down to one. But it's mm-hmm. actually three keyboards. It's a keyboard that mutates into other keyboards depending on, depending on it makes a it makes a disgusting noise. It's like <laughs> could, could you call it a three board? Oh my god. <laughs> Probably not. That was bad. Yeah, I prefer me not. <laughs> that was bad. All right, next question comes from I don't know, Charnoff, I think. Before summer ends, what's your favorite burger? Chernoff likes a thick slab of ground cow cooked over charcoal, then covered with pepper jack, cheese, bacon, lettuce, garden tomatoes, ketchup, and mustard on a pretzel bun. So that's my- not a burger; that's a salad. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite burger that I've ever had is at uh, the Post Sports Bar in Maplewood. They have what's called the Farm Burger, and it's just a beef patty with bacon, ham, and a fried egg on top. Whoa! With and I always get it with Gouda cheese. And just so it's the farm burger because they took every animal on the every farm animal. and got it involved in this burger, yep. somehow. And then they also have I'm just gonna plug this thing, they have these loaded tots, it's tater tots. <laughs> you okay, loaded tots. <laughs> Carol's <laughs> eyelids just twitch, covered in cheese and bacon and jalapenos. And I learned how to make them at home for myself because it's so goddamn good. It seems like the Are dangerous we- thing to bring home. That's like learning how to cook meth, you yeah. Know? <laughs> Well, it is my meth. I have had kitchen explosions because of these tater tots. Kitchen do you wear and a, other Do you wear rooms. a gas mask and a yeah. full suit? Full hood. Full hood. Hazmat. You, you cook your tots in an RV out in the desert? <laughs> Adam, Seth, oh, burger choices? Uh, I mean, as long as it's got a runny egg on it. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty I'm pretty solid on, on the burger. I, I we also went to the post. Yeah. I had my favorite burger there as well. Which was just two one, burgers. It was one yeah, two half pound patties with some bread <laughs> around it. <laughs> pretty good. That like, was literally all that was all that there. The best one I had uh was actually up in our hometown of Grinnell. It's very random because I eat burgers all the time because I love them. So I feel like I've got a good sample, you know, I've got a good got a good set burger of data palette. points. Yeah. And went up there and had the burger from this place and they put uh pulled pork pulled pork and an egg on top of your on burger. top of the burger oh my god that wait really good. you mean like yeah. under the bread or like on top under the, under the bread okay so like it's part of your burger how do you eat it how do you it was hard to eat but it was probably the most delicious burger i've ever had in my life well, is the, that mostly just because pulled pork is way better than a burger probably yeah i mean you the other day adam had a 
pulled pork waffle oh, sandwich. <laughs> Probably would have even been better with the egg on top. Yeah. Well, this reminds me of the episode way back when, when we were talking about the nacho burger gradient. And at what, <laughs> yeah. at what point of adding various miscellaneous things does it stop being a burger and start being some other thing? Nachos. Like a salad. Or nachos. Or a meat salad. Yeah, well, I never get my... <laughs> what? <laughs> well, there are like tuna salads. I never get my burgers with buns because right. I can't eat gluten. So that, yeah. what is that? What but does I mean, that mean? I think, I think your approach yeah. is correct, which is, of course, to just take two steaks and then put the burger in between. Yeah, absolutely. Of buns. Yeah. Burger bun or steak, steak bun. Steak it's buns. a steak burger in its truest form. <laughs> two yep. pieces of steak in a burger. <laughs> two steaks, <laughs> burger, cheese, maybe some That'd avocado. Who knows if we're feeling saucy? I used to make oh yeah, avocado and a runny egg on top. Yeah, of yeah. In oh between two steaks on top of it. Just bacon grease drizzled over the top. So I used to do, we used to, I used to make uh, batch meals every Sunday where I had to make a ton of food and then eat it throughout the week. And the biggest one that I used to do was just burgers. And so I'd get uh, three pounds, I think, of burger meat and then cut up a bunch of stuff, put a bunch of eggs in it and make this, you know, mash of meat plus veggies plus everything else. And then the biggest thing I did was I took this sharp cheddar cheese block. And after I formed the burgers, then I would insert this cheddar cheese into the center of the burger patty and then you grill it. And then you have this molten, this molten core of cheese. Yeah, I've found mozzarella also works really well for that. Mm. Yeah, but there's one, there's one catch, What's which that? is if you're grilling over a flame, then that cheese emits a lot of grease, and mm. your burgers will be on fire yeah. for most <laughs> of the grilling process. Also, so you gotta like the char. And cheese doesn't cool very fast, so if you bite into that thing. And if you don't let it cool sufficiently, you're going to be in for a Bernie surprise. Bernie. Bernie. They're all raining on your, they're raining <laughs> on your burger burn. parade. I, I <laughs> ate <laughs> dozens of these things. I never had these problems you guys are speaking of. So I'm just saying, just so our listeners are being careful. Oh, no, I didn't say having your burgers be on fire was a problem. Yeah. It's just, it's just, <laughs> it's just a feature a of the cooking. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's a feature, not a book. Anytime I grill burgers, I have to make sure my wife isn't around the grill area because she gets panicked. With because the, with fire the starts shooting out. Oh, shooting no. out. Yeah. <laughs> is, this a, is this a problem? I'm, like, it's just, it's, I'm just cooking. Is that why you're bald? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I cut it off. I hit it off at the pass. I just shave my hair. That way I can't singe it yeah. when I'm grilling. Yeah. It's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. All right. Next question comes from Stoffstorm. Uh, greetings from South Africa. Will you be uploading some art, some more art tutorials to the tube? Uh, I find them to be very, very insightful and super awesome. Also, do you use a pen and tablet or do you stick with the old hand and mouse? Uh, so for art stuff, I stick with the hand and mouse, though I've been trying to figure out if I should get a pen and tablet at this point. Or maybe switch to foot and mouse. Mm. Or foot and mouth. Yeah. That's also a good or one. Foot I'm good rat. at that one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but this is this is a good question, actually, when it comes to just talking about streaming stuff in general. So one is that I would like to put more art stuff up on YouTube. It doesn't take that long for me to put together. It's just a matter of having a lot of art to do um, and being in the process of doing it. And since we've been mainly doing more businessy or sort of studio-focused stuff in the last while, I haven't made that many things that are actually going to appear in anything, I guess, for sure. And so until until that's the case, I haven't committed to actually doing that. But um, we have been trying to figure out exactly how to do something like, uh, Carol had been talking about, what do you call it, performative game dev? Yeah, performative development. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, performative development was, I would say, kind of gained popularity a few years back. Vlambeer did it a lot with 
uh, nuclear throne development and William Cheer is right now doing it a lot with uh, Manifold Garden and essentially it's just live streaming the development process and while you do that you talk about the game you talk about design theories things like that uh, and it's it's a really cool opportunity for non-developers to kind of see get an idea of what's going on behind the scenes and also for other game developers to get inspired and to learn and to mm. kind of chat with you during the process and see the progress that it's making um, and so that's something that we were kind of thinking about getting into I know that uh, the team used to you did the kind of eight hour game dev streams mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, but on, on the larger scale, it would be really cool to see the process on a kind of a greater yeah. project. Yeah. Kind of the two big problems I know that we always keep us from doing it are that it's a very slow way to actually develop. So kind of the, the focus has to be on more of the talking to the community mm-hmm. aspect. Cause it's just, a, it's impossible to seriously program while also talking to somebody about what you're yeah, doing. Really right. So, which is okay. Like, cause you know, that, that could be a thing that's, that's still fun to do and programming requires some uh, it requires some mental focus deep thought um but the other one is that uh, is a timing issue right because if we're at work mm-hmm. at the same time everybody else is at work then uh when do we stream so that people can actually watch it um, yeah so those are kind of the two pieces that we just haven't quite i mean the one is just a hurt the first one's a hurdle to get us to actually do it and the second one is just a practical problem of well then when you know yeah and i, and I do think when we do uh game jams and stuff on because there's a lot of game jams here in st louis and if we do those over the weekends um, and we actually streamed the last jam we did mostly we, but we had bad internet oh no that's true yeah we streamed it the first night i think we streamed do you even lift yeah mm. development which is pretty it's fun that was a good game it's a good one yeah. yeah, but it's it's a it's a cool opportunity to be able to connect with fans. And it's like I said, it's performative. So it's not yeah, really right. a true look at the development process because because you yeah. also have to dance while you. Yeah. Code. Yeah. You're you're you know, you're putting on your big boa. Yeah. You know, um, and because otherwise, you know, otherwise, who, who's going to watch? Yeah. You, know? you got to dance. You got to you got to sing. Mm-hmm. It's very distracting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our next question comes again from Angry Muffin. And this is about Codename Brunch. But as we've talked about, we'll just call it the next game. Vaguely. (laughs) It's the next game. (laughs) The next game. Um, Will the next game be full of cross-platforminess like Crashlands? Will multiplayer be over Wi-Fi? Will it be a single-player game? Basically, just asking for a bunch of details about this thing. And we should talk about why maybe it's a bad idea for us to give details <laughs> early on. Well, we just, so think about this from a, from a game development standpoint. So I think a lot of people saw this actually with No Man's Sky, uh, which we talked about a few weeks ago on the podcast. Um, and mainly that uh, as a developer, there's a lot of things that you want to get in and that you can see being able to put into a game and that you might even be able to see on a, on a particular timeline being able to get into the game before it launches. But oftentimes your projections and estimates of these things are wrong or you'll hit a point where design-wise it doesn't actually make sense to go in a particular. And the earlier you are in development, the more way off you are. Yeah. And so the truth is like when we start off with a game, um, particularly with the next game, the sort of the, if you think about the direction we could go in, it essentially is like a 360 degree I, it wouldn't be a cone at that point. <laughs> it's a, it's a circle. It's a whole circle. 360 degree rectangle. Yes. <laughs> In every dimension. What? what? So God. even time. So as we actually uh, put more work into it and start stepping forward, then it kind of starts collapsing a lot of those potential possibilities. And so talking about stuff, it's just, it's, it kind of puts you in a weird spot as a dev because if you look at AAA studios, they oftentimes have a six to two year long uh, hype train that they build up marketing wise. You mean six months to two years? Yeah, sorry, six months <laughs> to two years. Um, but if you're if you're a smaller dev and your game takes say six months or a year to build, the question is when do you start talking about it in such a way that you actually know what you're going to be doing with it, and so you don't you know create this hype mismanagement problem. Well, and yeah, because you're also less dependent on 
initial plans and then putting out that out to a team of people who enact exactly. the plans because you're you're planning as you're building and so the thing changes frequently and rapidly yeah you should be reiterating as yeah. you're building as well yep and that's something that we actually even see with a lot of the old crashlands posts mm-hmm. crashlands changed and we talk about this all the time but crashlands changed so much from the yeah. time we started first talking about it to the time it launched mm-hmm. yep. and it's you know we're we're seeing that with a lot of other games and we're feeling that now with the next game too right so I think it's a, it's a hard thing to talk about. There's things we want to do, which like we said, we, we want to bring in some form of multiplayer stuff, not real time more than likely because that's hard. It's very hard to do. Um, but we want to do something with it and it'll be a fun, ridiculous game. That's pretty much all I can say. Yeah, and I, and I think there's a reason why anytime we talk about this stuff, we always start it with none of this will actually be in the game, right? <laughs> right. Because you should expect that if, we, if we're in the prototyping stage of a game, uh, we don't know whether or not we're, we're always trying to do something new, right? And once we get more information about some new feature we want to try or whatever, uh, there's a chance that the stuff we learn will make that infeasible or it turns out it doesn't jive well with the mechanic that we had in mind. Or, you know, there's there's an infinite number of reasons why it might be scrapped. So, um, so any talk we have now about what the next game is going to be, you should just expect that that's not going to be true. <laughs> it's it's a kind of a time capsule of what we're doing now, as opposed to what will be happening. Or even just like what we're thinking. Yeah. We may not even be doing it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we pivot a lot here mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that I really admire about the studio, but it also means it's really difficult to nail down announcement plans and right. hype trains and things like that. As Carol has already experienced, I have experienced. <laughs> several times. Yeah. And, and of course, like once we're, you know, three months into dev mm-hmm. on the next game. Yep, it's clear. Chances are pretty good. We're not going to pivot. We'll, we'll have a good sense of. But still, of a lot of things will change. I mean, a lot of things will change, yeah. and, and of course, we'll we'll still couch every announcement with "This is early development, and we don't know." <laughs> right. Probably we should just have sort of a, a standard short disclaimer that we put above every single blog pre-launch post. post. <laughs> say before we talk at another people's podcasts and all that kind of stuff, we would just recite the litany. This yeah. is probably nonsense. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nothing really matters. Anyone yeah. Can see. Yeah, that's where we're at today, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna wrap this up. Final question comes from uh, Kaki Chan Two. So we gotta get away from. This. We gotta go get this work done because clearly it's dragging us down. Uh, which is more fun for you guys to yell? This is very important. Shiz or Shaz? Shaz because Shazbot. Mm. Yeah, yelling and like that ear sound, you just can't get the shit. volume. Yeah. Plus it sounds shit. like it sounds like you're yelling shit and people are gonna be like, oh wow, he's swearing. And you're like, she's yeah. And you can do a, a blood curdling scream with a shaz. Yeah, there's a <laughs> or a goat like scream, depending on <laughs> Yeah. There's a reason why anytime you see, say like in a comic or something, when somebody's screaming, it's always represented by a ah. series of the letter A, right? Because mm. that's a good Well, can you imagine vowel. someone screaming with an ooh? Or an e? <laughs> <laughs> like I like Help! just <laughs> all eyes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Certain valves are not good for screaming. So yeah, I'm I'm, good, I'm on the Shaz train. Yeah, yeah, I'm riding the Shaz train also. But there's another train which wasn't even included, which is just the word shit. <laughs> That's mine. The Shaz I'm train. pretty sure you mean shit when you say either Shiz or Shaz. That's true. It's a euphemism. Yeah. We might as well just say shit. Yeah, not enough people use shat as the and shat as shat. the past tense of <laughs> Oh, shit. Wait, I think it's because it's, it's not even a swear word at that point. Right? It's, it's, just now, a, it's now it's a just, thing that happens. Sean Connery saying sat. Yeah. yeah. Shot. A shot. 
in the chair. <laughs> Shit, chat, chart. They're all my right. faves. Well, that's all we got for uh, Coffee with Butterscotch this week because we're all dying. So we're going to be at PAX and come see us if you're going to be there. We'll be hanging out uh, on the, from the Facebook event. You can find us on Butterscotch Shenanigans on Facebook. And you can caress our wedges. Come to, come, <laughs> come look at the wedges that we made for you and uh, grab a pin and a button and otherwise ask us some questions and we'll talk to you next week. We'll be very friendly and happy, I promise. Yep. <laughs> totally. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye. bye.